This is your home for St. Cloud State Hockey, keeping you up to date on the NCHC. Women's WCHA. Dana Rasmussen fires and she scores! Dana Rasmussen for the Huskies. The National Hockey League. Kaprizov in for a chance to win it. He scores! Thrill the thrill is for real! Welcome to the NHL, a game winner. And everything from the state of hockey. Cloud Cathedral is now 42.6 seconds away from wrapping up the school's first ever title. Welcome to the Huskies Warming House Podcast Den. Welcome into episode number 104 here on the Huskies Warming House podcast. And Nick Maxson is joining myself, Noah Grant. But that's not all that's going to be joining Nick and I here on the show today. We have a selection Sunday slash Monday slash Tuesday special coming up for all of you listeners. That's going to talk everything about the NCAA college hockey world. And hey, a little bit of trade deadline news or a lot of trade deadline news, so to speak. A very busy day around the National Hockey League. We are recording here. Uh, on Monday night, uh, and we are going to get started, as always, with Center Ice View News and Notes and the Huskies Illustrated Weekly Roundup. Center Ice View News and Notes. Center Ice View provides you with the best coverage of St. Cloud State Huskies hockey from game notes, recaps, photos, and more. Go to centericeview.com. Huskies Illustrated Weekly Roundup, Noah. Plenty of NCAA hockey as well as NHL hockey news to talk about. Uh, first, uh, the tournament is set for the NCAAs uh, as far as the field of 16. Uh, and also today, as we were speaking just hours ago, the NHL trade deadline uh, came and went. Uh, one of my favorite days of the year, Noah, uh, is mm-hmm. watching TSN Trade Center. And uh, the two stages, and especially the back one, where all four are just like a bunch of high school kids just texting their phones constantly. <laughs> um, it's it's awesome, though. I love that. So uh, let's talk about this, right? So, so how about some key signings in the NHL, some injuries and a milestone? Uh, first, how about this? Uh, the big extension down in San Jose, Tomas Hurdle nabbing an eight-year extension uh, worth $8.1 million annually. He was on a lot of teams' radars as far as if San Jose was not willing to extend him. In fact, it was Hurdle had mentioned not that long ago uh, that uh, he wasn't sure about his future in San Jose, so the Sharks locking him up. I'm not sure what else, what other cap space they're going to have after between him and Eric Carlson, but uh, that's for them to figure out. Um, How about this? First three years of that contract, uh, a full no movement clause. Uh, The last five will be a limited uh, no trade clause, so that goes until 20. 30 that contract Noah. if you can put those numbers together yeah. uh you, you talk about all that yeah yeah let's let's <laughs> let's let's stay away from that um tied on the first uh tied it for first place in team on goals second in points uh projected whims above replacement for those analytics gurus that's war um is the 90th percentile which means he's he's pretty good so, uh, speaking of eight-year extensions, Hampus Lonholm being traded to Boston, and then it was essentially within like an hour signs an extension as well, uh, $6.5 million annual for him. Um, 
eight-year NHL veteran defenseman, was the number of sixth overall pick by Anaheim in 2012, 22 points in 61 games so far this season. Um, also, another Bruins name that's sticking around and maybe unexpectedly, Jake DeBrusque, two-year, $8 million extension. Um, so still kind of want to see where that goes. I still yeah. think there may be a trade involved with him, uh, but definitely, a, a you know, I say a very attractive um salary for teams to take on only at $4 million a season. And again, the term also very attractive too, if he becomes maybe a rental ad for either off season or maybe even next trade deadline, I'll have to keep our eyes on that. Uh, 24 old former Notre Dame product, uh, 26 points in 57 games this season. Uh, and then the big one, Yasperi uh, Kakeniemi uh, for the former Montreal uh, steel, for Carolina, haha. <laughs> hashtag, you know, uh, offer sheet. A uh, four point eight two million dollar cap hit on an eight year extension. Uh, twenty three points in fifty nine games this season. Again, still young, only at age twenty one. Still, still some time for him to develop. Um, again, a, a former top five pick in the uh, in the NHL draft. So, and then finally, uh, just some uh, some netminders actually. Three year extensions in Ottawa for Anton Forsberg, two point seven five million per season, as well as Carol Vimelka. They're down in Arizona. Um, did I say that right, Carol Vimelka? Yes, I did. Yep. Two point seven three million dollars a season on his extension as well yeah kind of interesting the one like you mentioned i'm curious with jake DeBrusque. it's funny like you mentioned two years eight million dollars so four million dollars annually a lot of teams were scared off by the fact that he is an rfa and his qualifying yep. offer was 4.167 million dollars so kind of interesting how teams weren't willing to take a stab at that but you know then the signing is almost identical i guess to you know what she would give him i mean he had a pr pretty productive couple first years in boston but really hasn't carved out a role for himself for whatever reason um no know. and well and here's the thing now the money is is only half the equation right no i think after that two-year extension is done he would enter ufa status yeah. which would mean the teams have a little bit more uh, leverage in terms of the bargaining table. Um, so I think that's a little bit more attractive. Uh, if you're going to trade, again, give up assets to get one back, um, you want to have the best chance to retain that asset and then a U of A status. Uh, again, a little bit more leverage at the table for them. Yeah, I just find it weird. You have someone who's you know four million dollars annually, and they're con continually requesting to be traded. It's just kind of an odd little dynamic, to be honest with you. I think, but uh, nonetheless, speaking of odd dynamics, Nick, uh, yeah. international news: the Russian Ice Hockey Federation is challenging the sanctions that were imposed by the Double IHF uh, over the country's invasion of Ukraine. Uh, the Double IHF announced last month that Russia and Belarus are banned indefinitely from international play and relocated events that were supposed to actually be scheduled to take place in both countries on the international stage uh the russian hockey federation said the punishments are quote discriminatory um, that's funny that's a funny use of language there yeah that's just me end quote and that's where i'm going to end it because i'm with you on that one uh but one russian who has kind of moved past all the noise so to speak washington capital star alex ovechkin passing yarmer yager this past tuesday for third all time in goals uh with a pair of goals against the new york islanders the great eight bring his total up to 767 goals trailing gordy howe at 801 and wayne gretzky at 894 just crazy and you wonder he's, he's gonna catch him he's yeah. gonna do it yeah as long as he stays healthy you wonder speaking of health you wonder if the the covid year and a half you ever wonder if that's going to come into play that's the only thing besides health that i think could maybe disrupt uh what could have been or what maybe will be or maybe we won't be worried about it and he'll be the first one in 900 in nhl history we'll have to see and keep our eyes peeled 
Lastly, injury news. Uh, quite a few on the docket here, but some good news to start off. Montreal getting good news. Uh, Jonathan Drouin returning after 22 games for him uh, in a Montreal team that suddenly figured out how to win hockey games. Uh, and netminder Carey Price back at practice. Good to see him kind of rehabbing after his, his knee ailments, and hopefully he can get back to his uh, playing ways, if not by the tail end of this season, for sure by next year, uh, and see if he can uh, help the Canadians He's he's the name to yeah. watch. Uh, mm-hmm. Speaking of trade uh, trade deadline, he he might be a guy on the trade block too, depending on what Montreal does in the off season and uh, how his health looks. Uh, that might be a piece Montreal might be looking to move if he can't be fully healthy. Yeah, kind of interesting. Uh, speaking of not fully healthy in the least, staying up in Canada over in Ottawa, defenseman Thomas Shabbat out for the year with a fractured hand. Ouch. Uh, yeah, that's tough. Uh, Dallas netminder Anton Kudobin uh, out for six months after hip surgery. Uh, another goaltender, Robin Lehner and forward Riley Smith of Vegas. They're both on injured reserve. Vegas is in a tough spot. Uh, they have seven players right now on the IR for the Golden Knights. And Jack Eichel actually got hurt the other night. Uh, an upper body injury got uh, took a puck to the arm. So, But actually, uh, Jack Eichel for all that we've talked about him 10 points in his first 15 games as a golden knight so not too shabby uh and uh the final pieces for this arizona uh their trade piece that was not to be unfortunately probably because of injury uh jacob chikrin who the minnesota wild were kind of linked to a little bit uh he can miss up to a month with a lower body injury after an awkward collision the other night and florida who's made some moves that we'll definitely talk about in the extra ice session yes aaron ekblad week to week with a lower body ailment Welcome into the main portion of the show for episode number 104 here on the Huskies Warming House podcast. It is our selection <laughs> Sunday special, and Nick Maxson cannot contain himself because of how excited he is for some hockey here. This is <laughs> this is already a mess, and I love every of it. Wow. This is a great outtake, by the way. <laughs> I like how you think that this is going to be an outtake. I think that that's the more adorable piece of this. <laughs> I have I have every inkling to keep this in the show. I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with it and see what happens. Um, All right, sucks to be Nick Maxson. Anyway, for those who are sitting patiently, which is Max Beach, which is the first time for everything, we welcome all of you. We welcome all of you into the show for episode 104, our selection Sunday special. For the names that you're wondering who you're hearing about, uh, as always, we have our guest for the third time on here caleb jp buddy caleb uh how are you doing on this monday evening uh what's your life been up to i noticed you switch hats back to the everything college hockey hat, hat between us talk i don't know what that's all about but oh big switch back um, oh, oh wow that was on who's statement. asking the questions yeah i'm doing well thanks for having me on it's good to be back uh life is good monday night uh rocking some huskies gear you know, uh, not eating any corn nuts, you know, it's good. Say one more thing about corn nuts. Say one more thing. Or fire. Well, speaking, well, speaking of... a corny of, joke, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of a bit of a nut herself, you're hearing from Marissa Voss uh, from Mankato Hockey. Marissa, how are you doing on this fine Monday evening? You know, uh, it was a little bit of a struggle trying to get into the podcast. But other than that, and then being harassed by Caleb and Nick, um, I'm good. Yeah. Hey, at least you don't. You know, at least you sound a lot better than you were. I mean, you're feeling more healthy, so that's good. Yeah. Yeah, it was a little bit bad. Yeah. For those who didn't know, Marissa Voss uh, had about 40 packs of cigarettes, or sounded like it, before the show. <laughs> so, so we've got her all squared away. Um, going, 
going to our final guest that's visiting us here's a man who makes me want to smoke 40 packs of cigarettes a day after hearing about the duluth bulldogs that's max beach max i don't really care how you're doing but um according to our contract i'm obliged to ask how are you doing and where the hell are you at hey you know unlike everybody else on here poised and ready Uh, as always the bulldogs never never have any faltering this time of the year sit in our lane and we're ready to communicate execute and ready to go I think I really want to puke, Nick. Um, and not because of you for a change. Mr. Maxson, true, well, yeah. welcome in on this Monday evening. I might as well ask, how are things going in the old folks' home? How's the meatloaf over there? It was actually dry this morning. It wasn't good. <laughs> just like you, the chicken? Just like the chicken. <laughs> because, you know, you know, when the chicken is the same temperature as the sauce, things are just not looking up real good. But, you know, I, <laughs> I suppose when you think the nerve endings are all just, you know, physical away, they don't really think you notice. So it's all good. Was the, uh, was, was the meatloaf actually warm instead of the chicken, though? I can't tell anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. So we we are getting ready obviously for some ncaa tournament time and some exciting hockey um that involves all of our teams of course caleb nick and i are big fans of the st Cloud state huskies marissa like we mentioned from mankato and max for the duluth bulldogs the big consensus that all of us have in this room is that we all hate north dakota so without further ado um yeah. why don't we start off before we get to some selection sunday stuff Huck nick fox yes thank yeah. you yeah well that's fair um <laughs> Why don't we start with some trivia because our podcast has a trivia every week. And I want to see if Max and Marissa, we're going to let them take a stab at this um, because they are not Huskies fans. So here's the trivia question. um, And we'll kind of give you some parameters here, but the trivia question did read St. Cloud State men's hockey did not play in the NCHC frozen faceoff. Max, I don't want to freaking hear about it, but they, they will still make the NCAA tournament tourney. This has only happened one other time since the NCHC era began. What year was it? Who beat them in the NCHD playoffs that year? And what number was St. Cloud in the pairwise? I don't expect you to get the pairwise. Do you expect them would, to get any part of the question? My but I would like you guys to take a stab at what year okay. this happened and who the opponent was that beat the Huskies. I'm, I'm going to go with um, option B and go, I don't really give a f- <laughs> wow you okay. can say that as the number one team in the, you know. Like, I can say that because I don't like St. Cloud. <laughs> Wow, Max. They're not the number one. They're not the number one team anymore, thanks to Michigan. Thank you. <clears throat> so, Max, this is all on you. Um, I have full faith. Um, I know it wasn't 2016 for a fact, so I'm guessing just one year prior, 2015, and I'm gonna also guess that Miami beat them Ooh, and their pairwise ranking was 14. Look at this. Okay. So, so he's off by a year. 2013-14, Miami, Ohio is correct. Uh, the Huskies nice. lost five to four in overtime and four to three in regulation that year, and they finished eighth or ninth in the pairwise, depending on the poll or pairwise that you're looking at. So, actually, kind of eerily similar similar to this year. So, um, depending on USA CHO versus College Hockey News, they don't have the actual pairwise. Nick gave me a funny look there. They don't have the actual pairwise, but they just have the historical data. So. Thanks. <laughs> you're always doing something so for those who are wondering by the way two line fan trivia this is an announcement for our listeners here um the last two line fan trivia question for season three will be april 16th so we have four chances left for you to win a free hat from us our leaders are tinner heath with five wins and uh chstrc ppr pt 33 with four 
as as Caleb Peabody models on our hats. And we've actually out. That was beautiful. We've actually had twelve people. Um, actually, technically fourteen people that have won in trivia for season three this year already. So, um, kind of impressive, including uh, Caleb J. J. Peabody. So, Nick Maxson, I think right. it's time that we we send it over to Max Veach. We're going to ask him the question we don't want to ask. The Duluth Bulldogs somehow found some pixie dust magic here this last these last couple of weekends. Max, magic. how um, how does how does it feel to uh, um, be a Bulldogs fan? And uh, how are you doing? Uh, what do you what are you feeling after Duluth's success this past weekend? You claim that we find pixie dust, but we store it away at year after year. We build up. All year long, we collected Hold as on, we can go. we screen grab Marissa Voss when going to the exercise right there? Holy shit. <laughs> I'm trying to ignore it, but I, I'm telling you right now, it's 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 a strange thing to see, but, you know, for the last five, six years, it seems like it's it's inevitable. They always come alive at the end of the season, whether they played well in the regular season or not. And, you know, what? whether you want to call it pixie dust or horseshoes, I prefer the pixie dust because people tell me horseshoes feel worse. Oh, I thought he, I thought he was gonna say horse shit, and I was like, I could buy that. Can I? Can, can I, can I, can I right, that? So Scott Sandlin in the, in the press conference before Friday's matchup uh, basically said, "Hey, I asked my guys to buy into what we're supposed to do, and that I need all five guys to back check into my defense zone." And he said, "It's non-negotiable, and this is how we're gonna win." And um, last time I checked, Aaron and Mr. Noah Grant, uh, the UMD Bulldogs in two NCHC playoff games didn't allow a single goal against against one of the top offenses in the country in denver and also in western michigan yeah because they're saving them all for the ncaa's we understand it's no 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 no, no. ryan fancy played on his head the defense was Dude, you, you guys that, saw Dave? it firsthand yeah you guys saw it firsthand when they played st cloud and fancy had his 46 save night 47 save night the guys were laying their body on the line left and right. Didn't matter who was shooting, what type of shot. They're just wearing pucks left and right. And, you know, Ryan Fanty stood on his own when he needed to as well. So there were a couple of defensive zone turnovers again, but we weathered the storm. And I'm happy to say that two of the top five offenses did not score a goal. And that breathes a lot of confidence into this team. You know, there, there is an impressive statistic of that. And I think the thing that's interesting is after the Duluth game, Denver right now is still sitting at 75 more goals for than their opponents. I mean, how deadly is that Denver hockey team? And Duluth really did shut them down. So it has been impressive. I think their shot margin is uh, approaching 500 or just above 500 in the positive column for Denver entering the NCAAs. So kind of interesting to see where they're going to end up. Uh, moving to the other side, Marissa Voss. Um, Mankato uh, played a couple of hockey games. Uh, nothing significant <laughs> happened, and we're going to move on, right? No, nope. yeah, no, absolutely nothing. It was a, it was a really easy night on Saturday. I got, I was think I was in bed by like nine. Yeah, it was great. Hey, how did Saint Thomas no, was... look? <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I'm not even going to address whatever came out of Nick's mouth because it's usually nonsense every other time. Agreed. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that that game, obviously, wondering. I've been asked, like, nonstop. I honestly didn't have a voice this morning because it's been nuts. But yeah, we 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 won twice. Um, it's the craziest thing I've ever seen. I don't think I've seen anything like that across the board in hockey. Um, 
and honestly like I was in the middle of all of it like I can I can go through everything for it but it was it was the weirdest thing it was yeah I don't even know where to explain yeah yeah I mean it was kind of interesting I think from the outside looking in and Nick and I kind of had a discussion Nick feel free to obviously chime in here um oh am I allowed to (laughs) (laughs) you know yes you are the thing that's been interesting is that I think there's there's some dissatisfaction, quite obviously, with the time frame, right, and how long that it took. But I think it's worth noting. That's deceptive, however. Right. I think it's worth noting that I would rather have them take 45 minutes and get it right than miss it and three hours later realize it was wrong. I think all parties understood that the right call was ultimately made, and it was a protocol in place, resurfacing the ice, getting a five-minute warm-up, you know, that was, it wasn't planned for. It wasn't something that was in a protocol book that you could go to this sheet and say this was going to happen. And uh, Nick, as you and I kind of alluded to as well, when you watch the play kind of live in real time, it's really hard to pick it up. So I'm going to assume the replay guys probably didn't pick it up right away until people started to check it out on social media. Well, no question. You know, you, you, oh, sorry, Marissa. Uh, No, go for it. you, You don't initiate a review 26 minutes after a goal scored, in a normal day, but then you also don't initiate it after a trophy presentation and an MVP presentation of a tournament. So there's no question that, and it's funny because the CSA try to cover its rear end. They say we were always reviewing it. Well, no, you reviewed it once in real time. You thought it was good. And and like you mentioned, no, it, it, if you don't really zoom into it or slow it down, it looks fine. It looks like it snuck in between the post and the skate and it was fine. But then as social media people do, all of a sudden, you start to see other angles. You start to see slowdowns. You go, wait a second. The math doesn't add up. And that's what caught the attention of Commissioner Lucia. And, and how brave, honestly, was it for Don Lucia to go into both locker rooms after the presentations of both the MVP and the trophy to go, guys, I don't know if this is good. And to know that wherever he was going to go with that was going to cause controversy. And I think ultimately, yeah, he made the right call. Um, you, you got the additional looks. Uh, you finally you made a decision that it wasn't a good goal. And can we say thank goodness that Mankato scored again? Could you imagine how awkward? Seriously, how would it have been for everybody in college hockey to have awarded the trophy, awarded the MVP, and have them to rescind that and to reaward the same trophy in a different MVP of the tournament? Uh, and honestly, it worked out the way it's supposed to. I mean – if Bemidji wins, they're in the tournament. And if they don't, they're not. So I commend Don Lucci to kind of be the breath of the dragon's fire, honestly, because, I mean, there's no good way to go about that. You do wonder who the replay official was, who was in charge of that initial review that missed it. Um, you can't fault them too much, as we mentioned, because in real time, it looks like it slides in. But, mm-hmm. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's kind of the part of this. In tournament time, you slow things down. You make sure it's right. You do things that maybe aren't to the naked eye, so you prevent this kind of thing. This is going to be a lesson learned not only for the CCHA, but I think all of college hockey um, as you move forward to kind of avoid a situation like this. Well, like the biggest thing that for me, so I have video on my phone of Josh scoring that goal. So I literally videoed, I got it. Um, You know, we were walking out, we were doing everything. Everything was as per normal as a team wins close in overtime. You know, we were interviewing guys they presented the trophies, they presented the MVPs, Don went out on the ice, it was like anything, um, you know, and then they finally go off, what, 20 minutes later? And I look at the social media, right, Dom, and I'm like, what a win. And he kind of gives me a look, and I'm like, something's not right. 
And also, like, 15, actually 15 minutes before that, you see, like, the hat you're wearing, James Murray, comes up because he's there. And he goes, and I, you know, he's a Beavers fan, so I think I'm just, like, blowing smoke up my butt. And he's like, hey, they're, I think they're reviewing the goal. I don't think it was a good goal. And I was like, shut up. I literally said, I was like, James, don't take this moment away from me. Um, and he was right. So my question is, why in the world, if you're reviewing that, if the guys are still on the ice, if it's just reviewing and people are like, hey, I don't think that's a goal, why wouldn't you put a graphic up? Why wouldn't you put a play as under review? Why wouldn't you, you know, step it back a little bit? Why wouldn't you... You can't like, especially like they go off the ice, like that's done. Like you should, we should have been done. And then to have that and then go back to the loading docks where everything is and have both coaches there and have Don there and have the athletic directors and, you know, all of the CCHA officials and have, you know, people looking. We had like, we looked at 10 different camera angles. You know, our two shooters with GH5s, we looked at those. We looked at everything, everything. It was and on like MacBook Pro. It was nuts. It was nuts. So I just, there's a lot more that happened behind the scenes. That's kind of like what, but I just don't get how you can confirm a goal, not look it back enough and then be like, wait, you know, or not put a graphic up or not do whatever. It, it, it still baffles me to honestly this day. And can I add to that real quick, Noah too? I mm -hmm. think it's important to know that. I mean, Think of how, like, so when obviously the storyline now is they obviously thought it was good, things happened, they transpired, and then social media apparently is the new, uh, you know, press box referee official. And you get these angles and you go, oh my gosh, did we miss it? And to have the confidence to be able to go look at it again, mm -hmm. to know that this is, and, and, and again, to have the proof, right? Because again, it's like the NHL. You have to have definitive evidence. Imagine they reverse the call, and let's just say, like, social media got it wrong, mm -hmm. right? You know, there's always that possibility. And so for them to have those extra camera angles and to really confirm, I think the front side angle, honestly, was the one that sold it for me when the pad was clearly past the post. It's like, there's no way that went into the goal um, in between the post and the pad. Um, and and I think it's, they, I think they missed it's, the call. And I think it's important too to kind of talk about where protocol is in place. Like for example, what Marissa was saying, from what I understand, kind of ish, is that I mean, Marissa can walk down to Don Lucci and say, "Hey, there's something going on in this," but really, Marissa is no part of it. It's really the league saying we want to take a look at the production cameras. We want to take a look at those, and then make a determination there. So I wonder if part of that just came from quite obviously the league looking at it saying it was a good goal. Then someone catches it on social media. By the time you relay through chain of command and then get access to the production views, we had Mike Schmidt on our show, who's the NCHC, uh, one of the executive directors for the NCHC officiating crew. And he talked about even in St. Cloud, the game against Duluth, how long it took for them to get just those production angles and what should have been a pretty quick review too. So I think all of those things go into play and it's the first year of the CCHA 2.0. So that's, you know, an added factor that I think comes into that too. Um, before we kind of move on, uh, Caleb and Max, do either of you two have anything that you wanted to add on the Mankato situation? 
Yeah, there's just, uh, I want to echo kind of what Nick said and what I think everybody here agrees to is getting the call right was the biggest thing. And ultimately they got the call right. Because when you think back to missed calls in history, you think about the missed pass interference call in the Saints playoff game that changed that entire postseason. And that's not what you want here. That's something that both fan bases in that game are going to continue to talk about. Obviously that's football. This is hockey, but the same type of thing goes in there. Like this isn't going to be one of those. We're going to, you know, learn from it. Processes and protocols may change, but it's not going to be a black eye later on down the road on college hockey or on the referees or on the CCHA. So I think it was done as well as it could have after having that one, you know, maybe, you know, premature step in awarding the trophy and the MVP and everything else. So the best of a bad situation. Yeah, I definitely think that Don Lucia was in a really tough spot regardless. I mean, you have that happen and you just you're kind of screwed. I mean, at that point. Um, But but nonetheless, Caleb, uh, you're probably surfing the social medias and catching all the latest as you usually do. Uh, What was your first reaction from the outside looking in? Well, again, it's good to be on with my three best friends and Max. Um, you know, it's very, it's very rare that Max and I agree on something, but the, the Minnesota state game, we absolutely agree. You know, I wasn't doing very much. I was just hanging out. And then I heard the little birdie saying something was going on in Mankato. And I said, oh, who cares? Uh, and then I checked the social, I checked the social and I was like, Oh, and James Murray, as Marissa alluded to, I believe posted the video. And that was the first I saw it. And I was like, huh. That's weird. They should probably review that. It's an overtime uh, conference championship game. And I'm like, huh, the referees left the building. That's odd. That probably shouldn't happen. And huh, everyone's in the locker room. That doesn't seem cool. And huh, everyone's left the arena. That's a problem. And, uh, you know, as we watched it over and over and over. Could you you imagine, like, because the referees left, right? Imagine if a lot of players had completely undressed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, seriously. Yeah. I mean, I, I will say, I talked. Right. Go ahead, Marissa. Okay, I talked to some of them, um, and they they said they were like, I was like, so did you know, like, what's going on in your head? And they were like, honestly, yeah, we kind of knew. And I said, well, how? And he's like, they're like social media, exactly what Caleb and what you guys are talking about. Yeah. They were like, it was all over socials. We looked it up because, you know. Hastings is down there checking it out and you know Todd's in the locker room with them but I mean you have that on your phone you know and you're someone where you're waiting 45 minutes or however long like yeah they looked it up and they're like we we thought we were gonna hit the ice again so it's just it it is crazy because the players at least the MSU ones I think they somewhat knew so they didn't completely like well, get everything off you know i think that that kind of went back to with bemidji they talked about it in the post game presser where a lot of the healthy scratches for bemidji were on social media right away and kind of caught it on mm-hmm. uh, going down to their group and talking about that too but i mean nonetheless just a really difficult situation like you guys had mentioned and um you know like we talked about ultimately they did get it right because i think it's a much different conversation for us if like we said we go three hours and they don't have a chance to get it right in the end um and Mankato, to their credit, came out, played a good hockey game, and got the job done, too. And I also want to commend all the people who came back or were still stuck in the building that were able to continue and and make that a good energy and a good environment and good vibes because, I mean, that's a long time, obviously, that we had to wait. So um, we don't have to wait. Can you imagine if Bemidji wins, though? Can you imagine? Max and I would have freaked out. We would have gotten the 15. Like, we would have gotten another Minnesota team in. And (laughs) they would have been riding high confidence-wise going into the tourney. 
you get in on something like that, yeah. you can beat anyone. I'll anyone. say one more thing is I don't know what I'm type of <laughs> television PSA is and, you know, youth information they're they're get, handing out in Mankato, but it's clearly not that sportsmanship commercial where the kid steps out of line with the basketball and calls himself on the foul because none of those Mankato players that saw it went to anybody and said, we should go back out there and play. So maybe they need to start running those in Mankato. Oh, come on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, Bemidji had a chance to essentially take the house money and run, and uh, unfortunately the house still belonged to Mankato in their arena that has about 27 syllables uh, in their actual name of their rink. But nonetheless, we yeah. digress. We do have Her- we do yeah. have the Herbrooks National Hockey Center, though, so, I mean, I don't know if we can yeah, talk. Yeah, we can't really much. say anything. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> But ball speaking, don't lie, kids. Ball don't lie. <laughs> but, but speaking of games that uh, don't end up uh, actually being at any particular host sites related to college hockey barns, we have the NCAA men's hockey tournament that is all set, signed, sealed, and delivered, ready to start on Thursday and Friday. And we're going to start with some bracketology here. Um, we're going to go, I think, uh, from the bottom up here uh, for those who are looking on their NCAA brackets here. And we're going to do a little thing on the Huskies Warming House podcast. We're going to have all of our um, peeps here on the show do a little prediction time and see what they think uh, is going to happen in the NCAA tournament. So we're going to start uh, in, in Albany. Um, if any of you didn't notice, three of the four arenas in the NCAA tournament are abbreviated and don't have their full name. So that's beautiful. Great start here for the NCAA. If but, you don't know English, that's that's, that's a challenge. So. Yeah, that's a tough one. It, yeah, if, uh, if, you're, if you're like Marissa. Um, so – Whoa! Oh. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We're gonna start actually with Mankato, number two Mankato State, thirty-five five and zero on the season. They get Harvard in the top half of that bracket, and North Dakota is going to get Notre Dame in that matchup. So uh, let's kind of go around the board here. I'm gonna start with Max and work my way to Marissa, Caleb, and then Nick before coming back all the way around. Uh, let's start with Mankato, Harvard, and then North Dakota, Notre Dame. Max, uh, what do you think of these matchups, and who gets the upper hand here? Uh, I think Mankato going from what was AIC for five weeks in a row or seeming like a, a collision course for those two, and then having to play the hottest team in the ECAC right now in Harvard is a brutal draw in terms of luck. There's a couple other teams. I wouldn't say a lot, but there's a couple other teams I'd rather play than Harvard right now. Um, I still think Minnesota State gets it done. I think they've got the talent and the goaltending to do so. They'll be moving on. Uh, as for the other one, everybody expects me to say I, I want North Dakota to lose and predict them to lose. And they're right. I, I do think that North Dakota is going to lose. Same. I think Notre Dame has it in them to stop the, the power or the scoring talent of North Dakota. They're missing Sanderson. I assume he's going to be out again. Uh, I don't know the status of some of the other players that were missing in the second half of uh, the, their game uh, in the NC, NCHC playoffs. Uh, Notre Dame seems healthy. They're, they're mad. They've already beat talented teams like Michigan, so you, you know that they can, can do it when they really need to. So I've got Minnesota State and Notre Dame moving on in Albany. So between those two teams, uh, we'll, go the, we'll go the full nine yards and then come back for the Frozen Four predictions. Mankato and Notre Dame, who punches their ticket to the big dance? Mankato's going to Boston. I want to see them there. Minnesota school have to represent, and I think that they've got the talent to do it. I think Marissa Voss is happy with those selections. Marissa, I think we probably have an idea of who you're probably going to be picking in the top half of that bracket. So bottom half, North Dakota, Notre Dame, who matches up against the Mavs? Honestly, I agree with, um, I agree with Max completely. I just, even though North Dakota is, 
you know, I think they're two seed and Notre Dame is a three seed, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah. I really think Notre Dame is like going hot right now. And I think they're going to they're going to beat North Dakota. And um, obviously they're going to meet up with the Mavs and then the Mavs are you'll see me in Boston. Let's say that you'll see me in Boston. For the record, I need to clarify if North Dakota, if North Dakota was fully healthy, I would have picked them to win. However, they're not. Yeah. Well, there you go. Uh, Caleb. Ha. Can I, can I clarify something? Yeah. yeah. If North Dakota was fully healthy, I would not pick them. Mm-mm. Thank no, you. Never. Yes. <laughs> well done. Let's That's... start um, Minnesota State Harvard. Harvard is a tough draw. Max is completely right. That is a miserable draw for Minnesota State. They will win. They will beat Harvard, but it's not going to be easy. Notre Dame is one of the hottest teams in the tournament. I've been saying it for a while now. They will beat North Dakota, hopefully handily. That would be great. Uh, this Minnesota State Notre Dame matchup, whoo, yikes, tough. Uh, but because Marissa is here, I am going to pick Minnesota State, which I did before. Oh, dramatic! Yes, you did. You, you missed a dramatic pause there, but that's fine. I like broke dramatic my heart. Pause. I was like, like my heart was racing. I was like, <laughs> I don't need a dramatic pause. Uh, <laughs> Minnesota State will beat Notre Dame. It'll be great. And, uh, yeah, I mean, no surprises. Look, the three of us agree. Max and I haven't agreed on anything for a long time. That's not true. We agree on a Look lot. Look at that. Look at us. Yeah. I'm kind of curious. I also have Notre Dame going in that bottom half of the bracket. But, Mr. Nick Maxson, are you going to break the trend here on the Huskies Warming House podcast? What do you got? So, ND versus ND. So, at one point, an ND team is going to advance, right? So, that's <laughs> nice. great. This I, is I, terrible. I it's it's nice. fine. Nice. Um, I do think Notre Dame beats a Jake Sanderson less North Dakota squad. Mm-hmm. It was very apparent in their matchup against Western Michigan that they were missing the puck moving defenseman. And mind you, uh, Clevin was also out too. So their top two defensemen on their roster are, are sidelined. Now it is expected that Clevin is going to rejoin them um, for the regional, but I still feel like Jake Sanderson with what he provides, not only, on even strength, but also special teams. He's their power play quarterback. He's their penalty kill specialist as well. That's a huge loss um, on the back end. Notre Dame takes that one. Uh, I'm going to buck the trend and say Minnesota State moves on. Oh, wait, that's not the trend I'm bucking. Anyways, so <laughs> so no. The, God. The oh, was that not good enough for him, Marissa? There you it's go. So, foreshadowing. It's foreshadowing. <laughs> so, no. so the Mavericks move on. So it's Maverick versus Irish. And there's no question in my mind that Minnesota State advances to the Frozen Four in Boston. Um, I just don't see how Notre Dame can just uh, overcome the depth. Yes, hashtag Anson Carter um, of Minnesota State uh, on this matchup. I really don't. Um, just to front to back to goaltending, Minnesota State has this matchup, no question up and down the lineup, and it's Minnesota State that punches a ticket to Boston um, in that regional, no questions asked. I'm absolutely shocked that right out of the gate, all five of us agree on the exact same scenario, and all five of us have a two seat getting knocked out right away. Impressive. It's called Elite College Hockey Minds. Look it up. Yes, (laughs) Mankato will beat Notre Dame going to the Frozen Four. I definitely agree with that. We're going to head on to our next bracket right above. That that one is in Worcester, Massachusetts, and we're going to go the opposite direction. So I'm going to start. Apparently it's pronounced Worcester if you're from the Northeast. Worcester. Worcestershire. Worcestershire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't care about the sauce, Marissa. Shut up. That's actually where (laughs) Max (laughs) That's where Max's flight took him. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, Nick. And Massachusetts is the state of hockey, right? Um, Actually, yes. Yeah, apparently. Speaking of Massachusetts, I'm going to start. We're going to go the opposite direction. Myself, Nick, Kayla, Marissa, and Max in that order. Uh, Massachusetts, UMass, every Huskies fan's favorite. Uh, they will match up against the University of Minnesota Golden Gophers. And the other Huskies, Northeastern, will take on the NCHC's Western Michigan in that bracket. Um, I went with some pretty conventional picks, to be totally honest with you. I believe that Western Michigan is going to get the job done against Northeastern, although the thing with Northeastern is how good is their goaltending. If they're going to have a good performance from from the goaltending side, I think that matchup could get very interesting very quickly. Western Michigan was a little more silent in the NCHC frozen faceoff that I had honestly anticipated, so I expected a bit more out of them. I don't know how they're going to rebound off of that, to be honest with you. The Minnesota Golden Gophers, yes, I'm going to be that guy. I am picking the Gophers on the St. Cloud Hockey Show. I do believe the Golden Gophers are going to get the job done over UMass. I believe UMass has been trending in the wrong direction, probably in the second half of the season. It's funny how the two national championship qualifying teams in St. Cloud and UMass from last year have both kind of trended in similar directions in the second half of the season. I believe the Gophers take care in that game, and they also take care of Western Michigan to force a Golden Gopher Mankato rematch for the second year in a row at the frozen four. So Mr. Nick Maxson, you're up. Sir. So the goofs versus the Minutemen. Uh, so uh, the goofs do beat UMass. No question about it. Um, I just feel like Minnesota's the hot team. Massachusetts turning in the wrong direction, but where we disagree, Northeastern upsets Western Michigan. Ooh, okay. Yes, I do. So here's why wow. I say that. When Look you watch, Nick. when you watch wow. Western Michigan this past weekend, um, especially on Saturday, um, one thing they, that Western Michigan took advantage of North Dakota was the fact that you know they have a little bit of sandpaper to their game. Uh, they're not the most offensively explosive team. Um, and when they play high energy, high tempo hockey, they're, they're very good. I don't think that's going to work against Northeastern because they play a more skill free flowing skating type of hockey. They don't compete with that. They just don't. And I feel like Western Michigan, especially in game against Duluth, they had no breakout. There was no structure there. They really struggled getting the puck of their zone and they didn't show me that they could win a game in different fashions on the ice. So to me, Northeastern knocks out Western Michigan, but unfortunately it is still the goofs that get past Northeastern to make it the to the frozen four and face the Mavs. So it's the goofs and the Mavs, the two farm animals um, in the frozen <laughs> four semifinals. So yeah, unfortunately Western Michigan, you get one taste of the NCAA tournament and you get AI seed back to Kalamazoo sorry <laughs> warm up the bus oh yeah start up turn the, it off so start up the bus gophers farm animals yeah well, I mean it is they're pest farm animals mavericks farm animals what are you as a maverick let's be it's real a it's a cow it's a cow it's a cow it's a husky husky is beautiful yeah I thought it was like a bull or something hey I mean, Marissa they right Hey Marissa, uh, one, of, one, of the thing, one, of the, one of the things that's that's helpful when you work for a team is to know what their mascot you know, is. It's kind of a. I know Stopper is to an extent. He looks like a bull every time I see him. I don't know. No, you have when to see right? When she just like takes a big bite of corn nuts and um, she's like, Marissa, 
That's where she gets her protein. You're partially right. So a bull is actually a, a, a male. Essentially, what we call cows are females. So the bull is the male and the cow is the female. But anyway, we're gonna we're gonna move on over from the farm animal prediction. <laughs> I hate uh, it here. Caleb so Peabody. Much. I hate it here. <laughs> Caleb. Yeah, it's been it's been a tough go for Marissa. It's between the audio audio versions and the Mar- and the Marlboros, it's been tough. Uh, Caleb, what do you got for us here uh, in Worcester, Massachusetts? Yeah. Well, between the the Minnesota Massachusetts game, I rather talk about college hockey officiating with Max than pick this game. But uh, <laughs> just watch your face. Uh, yeah, you know, I will pick the Gophers. It will be tough, but I think they're hitting on all cylinders right now. Uh, kudos to them. Uh, you know, shout out to their fans and uh, how Bob's got them got them rolling. This Western Northeastern game is super interesting to me. Like, I think it's going to be tight, and I think Nick, uh, if you can call it an upset, I mean, I think that's a strong pick. But I'm going to pick Western because I don't want to agree with Nick. Uh, Most people don't. So we'll go. It. We'll go Western <laughs> versus Minnesota. I am going to pick the Gophers again to meet the Mavericks. Minnesota State. Uh, you know, this we is weird, know though, because, you know, generally, you know, Bob's teams don't go this far, but we won't get into it. But uh, this year, <laughs> they're, they're clicking. So, yeah, Minnesota. Like like we talked about, Caleb, as long as they have the early start time and get to bed on time, they will be just fine in Which their host- let's let's get this podcast done this past my bedtime. Let's go. Wow. Let's okay. go. Good God. Okay, oh, okay. all right. Hey, for th- I guess I'm glad I'm friends. Grandpa. Red Bull. For, for those who don't Actually, know, just a Red Bull in the truck, so I should get it. For, for, the, <laughs> for those who don't know, it's currently eight forty-six uh, in the evening. Yeah. And number two, for those who don't know my co-host as well as the rest of you um, might. That was just Nick Max's opportunity to drop an F bomb on the show for the first time in a long time. Um, it actually had no purpose beyond that. Anyway, Marissa's was way better. Anyway, um, That's true. To be fair, speaking of NCAAs um, and NCAAs that will be, I believe it's Albany is where they're headed. Dave Starman and uh, um, Ben Holden. Ben Holden. Dave yep, Starman came yep. on our show, and Dave Starman holds the yes. record for the most F bombs ever dropped on our show. I think he was at eleven. So, um, Ben? True. He went. He went full Long Island, New York. Did us. he actually? Yeah, oh, I love yeah. that. I love that. It was awesome. Yeah. So speaking of things you love, wow. Marissa, uh, the Goofs and UMass, Western Michigan, Northeastern, who makes it to the Big Dance? Yeah. I mean, obviously, like I don't like the Gophers, and I don't know if anyone like ugh, don't. Yeah, Caleb, <laughs> we don't like the Gophers in this house. Um, UMass has not been playing well. I mean, obviously, we swept them in the first. Like we were at their house and we swept them, and no one was expecting Sweet that. Flex, I just don't bro. think there's. Well, <laughs> it sounds like Max, yeah. but anyway. Oof. Yeah, uh, deflate, no big deal. Can, All right. Can you deflate the airbags for a second? I want to see the real muscles. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> Anyways, I think that the um, I think the Gophers are going to win against the UMass game. I don't like to say it, but I think I agree with you guys. They've been playing. They, it's not how you start, it's how you finish, and I think they've obviously shown that. Um, the Western Michigan and Northeastern game is really difficult for me. Because I feel like Western is very inconsistent as of late. I feel like sometimes they're – my headphones just died. Sometimes they're good, sometimes they're bad. But I would probably say Western going. And then um, I'm probably going to think West – no, I'm, th- I'm probably going to think Minnesota. I want to rematch. But right. I want us to win. 
So. All right. Fair enough. Minnesota, Western Michigan. It took me a while. It took me a while. My headphones died, but we're, we're back in it. Yeah. Where it's going to be a rematch of last year. And I'm, we all know how that happened because ball don't lie. All right. Great picks, Marissa. Great picks. (laughs) You know, it's probably because, because you. All right, we're going to send it over to Easton Brodzinski's number one fan in Max Beach. Max, uh, sponsored by Neutrogena Face Wash. Yep, yep. <laughs> Max, what do you got for us? Um, the Minnesota Massachusetts game, I think, is going to be much more of a, a coin toss than it seems like most of you do. Uh, seems like everybody on this panel thinks UMass has has gone downhill. They just won Hockey East. I, I don't know if you guys won East. against don't, don't get me wrong. I don't think that makes Hockey East any better. So being the best of like a third or fourth tier conference, uh, maybe not the, the greatest. But I think they are tougher than a lot of people give them credit for. And just because they've got a lot of playoff experience, I think that they will come out on the ice strong. Mm. That being said... I love it. <laughs> that love being it. Wow. said, I'm still picking Minnesota. I, I can't. <laughs> All that buildup for nothing. My last audio from the last 10 seconds. I know. You bury the lead so hard there. Holy hell. You got to drop it on them. You got to drop it on them. Here's, here's another one for you. Um, Western Michigan, Northeastern. Uh, I, I was on Nick Maxson's side when it came to this matchup when I first saw it. And then wait, I, wait, wait, can we go back? Did you just say you were on Nick Maxon's side? Can oh, yeah. Like, but, then, but then, you know, reason came around and he said no. Yeah. Reasoning came around. <laughs> and the reasoning was I watched the goal that Devin Levi let in to lose that game. And, oh, my God, was he out of position? And I don't know that he's made for playoff hockey. I don't think that he's going to he's gonna do it against Western Michigan. I've got Western moving on. Between Western and Minnesota, um, it's a tough it's a tough game. Minnesota's certainly got more scoring power. I think Western is better on the defensive end. They just gave up three against your Bulldogs in the championship game. Let's remember that. Oh, uh, that's a fact. Um, I'm still going with Western here as much as I oh, want as much as I wow. want to see Minnesota in Boston, and it would make me happy to have at least two representatives out there. Uh, I'm wow. I'm going with Western. The NCHC okay. is going to show that they're certainly better than the Big Ten. Okay, all I mean, right. I don't disagree I with the sucks. argument. I disagree with who's well, I get sure. I get confused with his reasoning. Like, it took him 20 minutes to get there. I'm lost. Where, where did we end up? <laughs> where are we going? My, my elderly brain computes faster than that. Let's go. <laughs> uh, well, we are going right back. We are going right back to Max Beach and heading to Loveland, Colorado, to the Budweiser Event Center, where – Hey, guess what? Some some no-name team, Minnesota Duluth, whatever. Uh, they play Michigan Tech. Um, and the other side of that bracket is Denver and UMass Lowell, who just snuck into the tournament. Uh, Max, uh, we're going to start with the top half of the bracket, um, and then we'll just stop your picks from there. How does that sound? That sounds good to me. That sounds great. That sounds good uh denver umass lowell i don't think this game will be particularly close i think denver is going to be really mad with with how they played in the nchc playoffs um or the frozen face off i should i should say they played relatively well in that opening round um so denver's moving on to to the second round there and then i've got surprise surprise minnesota duluth over michigan tech um i i don't want to breeze past that i think micheletti brought up a good point they do have a good goaltender they play good positional hockey i just don't know that they've got the depth uh, to bring up Anson Carter again to get it done 
uh, or or the the playoff experience. UMD has brought back so many seniors and super seniors and people that have been around four championships that I, I think they rely on those guys as they have recently, as well as you know Blake Biondi and some of these younger guys like Wyatt Kaiser to to bring in that that youthful exuberance and and ability to go out there and play multiple shifts in a row. So now, Denver and UMD is the tough one again because can oh, yeah. Duluth can Duluth do it again? UMD is the only team that's beaten Denver twice this year. They're also the only team that's beaten Denver three times this year. Can they make it four? I think that they can. Uh, I don't think it'll be a shutout. I don't think that it's going to be an an easy task. I think it is going to be a grinder. And I I think it's going to be eerily eerily similar to some of the early St. Cloud and UMD games from this year. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, Marissa, fair enough. do you, do you concur with Mr. Max Beach or do you have something different for us? No, it's as much as I want to choose a CCHA team over Minnesota Duluth. They did get knocked out by the Beavers, which was an absolute shock to me. And I think everyone to not be playing tech in the finals. Um, they're still through, which is awesome, which is great, but yeah, the, the dogs are, the dogs are going to, beat the huskies it's gonna be a more farm animals i almost feel like a michael vick moment you know the huskies and the bulldogs (laughs) like i don't know like they're both fighting each other and feels like like a dog like i'm paying to do this but i'm gonna do that and then i'm gonna go denver obviously all right and um yeah i'm going i'm going denver okay brutal because (laughs) because you know minnesota duluth does not stand a chance against denver Ooh. History says otherwise, yeah. and I'm already in the head of all the fans out here. Just got to get in the head on the bench. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Ooh, speaking of people that are – that is definitely in other people's heads or flying in from the top row against Mr. Nick Max and Caleb Peabody, uh, Loveland, Colorado, what's your prediction? Uh, between Denver and UMass Loyal, it won't be close. Denver all the way. Denver might be one of the greatest teams I've seen this year. <sighs> okay, let's cloud, take a pause. Right? Yes. Let's okay, take let's a pause. Slow down for a, a little bit. I'm right here. I, I'm I'm right here. Take a, yeah, I'm in second take place. A pause because I do want to address Max. I want to say congratulations to UMD. They are. Do you have a soapbox over there? Hockey. Very good, Ryan. Who Fanti paid? Who paid for this great. advert? No, because I was tough. Max was. I, I'm gonna own up to it. I was tough against UMD. Was I not tough? I was very tough. They tough come in there. You were immovable. That's how tough you were. Yes. So kudos to UMD. With that said, they will lose by three goals to Michigan Tech. Oh, Michigan shit. Is going oh. to beat UMD by three goals. And three goals. I'm putting that parentheses, Caleb. Three I, goals. Oh, my God. I am going to own it. Michigan Tech is going to win. It's amazing. I believe, I believe they didn't get the respect that they deserved on the selection show. This team is going to come in they frustrated. Didn't, they didn't even get mentioned, man. I do want to address that because that is absurd. Even as yeah, a UMD fan, it is like abhorrent. And I use that reference every time I'm on with you guys. Yeah, they were just ignored completely. Like, I'm not even sure their logo is oh. on the screen. I just no. so beyond was, comprehension. So here's the terrible. question. Which is worse? to be not hardly basically mentioned on the selection show or to have your name absolutely butchered like Bemidji last year, which one is worse? <laughs> They're both bad. They're, They're, both bad. They're both bad. They're both bad. I don't like that Michigan tech has that bulletin board material. Yeah. Uh, I think they come out hard because of it, but keep going, Caleb. I do not want to interrupt. You're on a good, you're on a roll. <laughs> but Max, to be fair, I'm going to be totally fair. If I picked UMD, they aren't beating Denver. Anyway, Michigan tech is not beating Denver. Denver is going to come out 
they're going to probably beat Michigan Tech by three goals, but it won't matter because they'll be like, ah, we beat UMD by three goals. They'll be super happy. You will have an early flight home. I will welcome you I'll, at the airport. I will we'll go to Raising Canes. It'll be great. Nick will be there. No worries. Well, well, Nick duh, will be because there. they Nick want free. There. They want free chicken fingers. It's fine. Cust- customer of the year, right there. Right. So <laughs> I want to say sorry, Max. I'm sorry. I didn't pick your team. It's okay. Sorry, we're we better right. as underdogs anyway. We've always been there. We thrive in that position. Oh God, someone. Nah. <laughs> Mr. Nick Max, and speaking of, speaking of some dogs, Duluth Bulldogs. What happens to him? So here's what's going to happen in this in this regional. Uh, Denver is going to put to sleep UMass Lowell and Duluth is going to put asleep the other Huskies in this bracket, but the Bulldogs are going to put asleep the pioneers of Denver. And I'll tell you why, honestly, seriously, Denver is not going to get out of this regional. And here's why I say it. Denver themselves admitted this last weekend that they were looking forward to this next weekend. They have not been playing playoff hockey. They have not. They looked passive on the four check. They looked like this team was looking ahead. And honestly, at the end of the day, I don't trust Denver's depth. (laughs) I really don't against UMD's proven defensive system (laughs) that has won them two national championships Almost three, almost four. Let's be real. It is the UMD Bulldogs that win this regional on Loveland and punch themselves a ticket to the Frozen Four. Denver is going to be a sad crying puppy going home and wishing that they had shown up in the NCHC like conference playoffs. Honestly, that was a poor showing for that group because they overlooked their opponent. I think they will overlook uh, Duluth, who is playing playoff hockey. They are zoned in right now. There's just no way you can knock off Duluth right now. It is I, the Bulldogs going over Denver. Max is crying. Max is zooming on Max. I've never seen Max smile so hard when Nick Max is <laughs> on the show. <laughs> wow. Like, it was so nice to hear. I, I just have not heard these kind of kind words about the Bulldogs, except for when you're covering them this weekend. It's true, oh, though. Man. I mean, if you watch the games, because I was there. So honestly, watch you know, I know flex, bro. Well, you, well, it's, it's cool because I mean, watch good hockey, then, you know, shut up. Sorry, CCHA, get your better camera angles. So More uh, hockey east, yeah, me. right. Uh, wow. But seriously though, UMD Scott Sandlin's appeal to his own group was exactly the way that this team has won national championships in the past. They're a defensive first team. They frustrate other teams, offensive players. It was very evident against uh, Denver. It was very evident against Western Michigan. And even when UMD was about to win the championship, when you watch the bench and Noah Cates gather teams around on the ice, and they were thrilled beyond it, you know, exhilarated to win the NCC championship. This team is riding high. And they also now have proven, hey, if you follow my blueprint that Scott Sandlin's written out, we will be successful. This team is buying at the right time. They've got the hot goaltender. They've getting they have enough offense to get them through, but more importantly, they can keep other people's offense completely suffocated. UMD is more dangerous than people think, and that's why they make it out of this regional. Jeez, why don't you write a book about it? On December I was 30th going to. and January first, and we swept them. <laughs> you know, we all had to take weekends off for vacation. That's fine. Yeah, unless you're the St. Cloud Huskies who took like an entire semester off. Anyway, um, yeah, that's true. <laughs> speaking of things, 
Speaking of things and uh, trending in the right direction, I do believe Denver takes care of UMass Lowell. Um, I don't think there's a whole lot of fuss over that one. I'm with Caleb Peabody here. I believe that Michigan Tech is one of the biggest dark horses in this tournament. And I honestly, it makes me look I, bad. What ganja are you smoking? I want some of it. I, I think, I think, uh, truly and honestly, it's just one of those. I, I don't really have a whole lot of logic beyond it, besides the you fact never had logic for anything. So shut up. Well, yeah, that's how we got to 104 episodes. But like, um, the the thing is, when you don't get mentioned in a selection show, nobody has talked about Michigan Tech. They disappear like they did against the Beavers. I think there's something similar to maybe St. Cloud State where you sit and you kind of seethe a little bit about it for a couple of weeks and you just wait. And let's not forget the last time that Michigan Tech was in the NCAA tournament, they had a senior defenseman backpedal at the blue line and lose an edge for the game-winning goal in Fargo to lose in front of a raucous building. That's a painful memory for this program, and I think – similar to St. Cloud and AIC. They want a little bit of vindication for something like that. I do believe that Tech gets the job done, but I don't think they can handle Denver. I think Denver is just too good, and they're going to head on to the Frozen Four to face the winner of the Allentown-Pennsylvania Regional. Make me look bad by not picking a CCHA team now. That's whatever. Um, I mean, I got I to gotta be honest, Marissa. You kind of did it to yourself with the whole I don't know what a Maverick thing is, but – Okay. Also, well, also, you could have had three CCAJ teams in, but you just had to beat Bemidji. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Had to beat them twice. Yeah. Well, don't lie. They like yeah. to beat Sorry. teams when they're down. Shut up. Yeah. Man. Why don't we go to replay on that one? Anyway, um, <laughs> Allentown, Pennsylvania. I'm glad my co-host supports me. First time for everything. Allentown, Pennsylvania. We are headed to where the St. Cloud State Huskies are. Of course, the whole sole purpose of the show, Marissa and Max, are just collateral damage. Um, St. Cloud State, is, I think, yeah. I'm going to start it off here, got one hell of a draw in Quinnipiac. Yeah, I, do, did. I do not think Quinnipiac... Uh, I think their rating, how would you, how would you say it? Beseeches them, beseeches them, whatever the word I'm looking for. It's called being narcissistic. It's not befitting of them. That's what I'm looking for. Um, St. Cloud State gets the job done here. I really think they do. I think the Huskies find some magic. Unfortunately, they're going to run into a red hot Michigan Wolverines team, and the Michigan Wolverines are headed to the Frozen Four to face the Denver Pioneers. I know, Caleb, I know I didn't want to go against my St. Cloud Huskies. I understand. Um, I do think that that American international game poses a little more intrigue than people are giving it, though. Um, and if you're AIC, you got absolutely nothing to lose in this matchup. But I think Michigan, uh, they proved their strength in the Big Ten championship the other night, albeit with officiating, whatever you want to call it. But I do think this Michigan team, as long as they show up to Allentown, they will punch their ticket to the Frozen Four. Mr. Nick Maxson. Um, we just want the cliff notes and the summary, not the entire novel. What do you got for us in Allentown? But I like to write. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I am with you. St. Cloud State does beat Quinnipiac. I think there's just the, that's a matchup that favors St. Cloud State. Um, AIC, as much as I want them to AIC St. Cloud to Michigan, it's not going to happen. It's not. Michigan takes that. And just like you said, it is the Wolverines advancing to the Frozen Four. I just think the inconsistency with St. Cloud State is going to haunt them. It's going to return in that championship game in that regional. And unfortunately, it's going to be early tea times for the Huskies. Um, It's going to be a close battle, but Michigan's talent and uh, their youth uh, is going to make circles around the Huskies. And therefore, it is Michigan 
going to the Frozen Four and not St. Cloud State. Now, I will say from myself and Nick Maxson as co-hosts of this show, we hope to hell that we're absolutely wrong about that in that second matchup there. And we hope the Huskies prove us darn wrong. Um, But nonetheless, Caleb Peabody, I have a small inkling as to who you might uh, be picking in this regional. So please enlighten us. Quinnipiac, what a draw. A defensive team. A low-scoring team. However, I'd like to remind folks it took Minnesota State in overtime to beat them last year. It was a struggle. Overtime last year. With that said, supposedly they have good goaltending. I don't know. I don't watch any of those games. Uh, I'm too busy watching NCHC hockey. Um, it's fine on satellite. Be- I know that. St. Cloud State will beat Quinnipiac. Michigan will beat AIC. But I think the AIC team, like Nick – I mean, they have nothing to lose. Nothing mm. to lose. Just come out. Let's see what happens. Um, Michigan, St. Cloud State. <laughs> uh, Huskies will win. Ooh. Huskies will oh. win. Um, I Wait, this is in Northeastern, right? Okay. No. So <laughs> before the season started, I my dream was a Michigan, St. Cloud State natty. And I don't know. This Michigan team, it's hit and miss more talent than anyone in the country. But I, I think the Huskies, I'm hoping after a week, week and a half off, they'll come out determined they're going to find a way to beat Michigan and get back to the Frozen Four. Uh, I'm sticking with it. Sorry, Michigan. Should have played Western. Maybe you would have been better. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. I'd say it I, I say, I say it turned out pretty well for him with that uh, cute little number one next to him. We're going to go to uh, someone who covers the number two team in the country and the Mavs. Uh, what do you think of the number one team in the country and their matchup in Allentown? <laughs> That's what I think. So stupid how that. Anyway, that was juicy. By uh, is that is that. that one of the four stomachs coming out of the Maverick in the back end or what? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think Ew, you know. I do think Michigan will. They'll go to. I don't want to put this. They'll win. Okay. I'm not picking them to go to the Frozen Four. Ooh. I don't know yet. Ooh. I will tell you that I'm picking Quinnipiac over St. Cloud State. Wow. All right, Marissa. Well, your time We're is up. It's now. nice to have you here. We're <laughs> fighting. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I think that we're underestimating how good of a team Harvard is, and it will be a battle. But um... can, we, can we get back to this, Melissa? That'd be great. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's get back to the... Yeah. I know. I know. I picked my battle here. I... Okay, I'm going to get everyone so sad. I do. I think Quinnipiac's going to beat St. Cloud State, and I think it's going to be Michigan and Quinnipiac, and then I think I think Michigan's going to go to the Frozen Four. All right. That's fair. Mar- Marissa, do I we'll- want it to be a full Minnesota Frozen Four? Absolutely. Do I think it's going to happen? No. Could you guys prove me wrong, and then I owe you guys beers in Boston? There could be a possibility of that happening. I didn't realize you could travel to Boston. I thought you were just limited to Mankato. No, I can't. I can't actually travel. It's I crazy. Will, I will really? clarify you on one thing. By the way, airplanes—they go really fast. By the way, and they're up and they're do up they? in the air. Oh yeah. Unlike dude, C- like dude, really like tractors, tractors. That shit's slow. <laughs> <laughs> Good lord. Anyway, Thank Marissa, I, I will clarify you on one thing. You said that you might be making listeners and Husky fans sad. No, um, Saint Cloud fandom does that to us. Um, all about, all on its own. Um. But St. Cloud fandom and everyone's favorite St. Cloud Huskies fan, Max Veach. Max, uh, Allentown, how does it all shake out? Uh, 
<laughs> I think <laughs> I think Michigan and AIC. I don't think it's going to be close. I think Michigan wallops them. Um, when it comes to Quinnipiac and St. Cloud, I've been the number one Quinnipiac hater on the internet. No, the duration, don't do this. No. The duration of the if you preface the season. it, we all know where you're going with this. Just <laughs> so Easton Brzezinski is out of the box and scores five that night, right? Uh, I'm telling you right now, Quinnipiac is a five minute major in the game is conduct. The dark side. No, nah, Quinnipiac's losing this game. I, I, I seriously think that St. Cloud wins it. Quinnipiac has got a, I think it's 500 or it's one game under 500. I'd have to double check record against ranked teams this year. Most of those ranked teams are below the, the 12 mark on the season. So having to play somebody that is the, the, as deep as St. Cloud State and has been that good all year it is going to be a little bit different for them. I know that they had a, a little bit of a, a challenge in their own conference tournament against some decent teams. So there might be a little bit more warmed up than if the, these two matched up in the middle of the season. But I, I just think St. Cloud's got the depth to do it. Unfortunately, I do have Michigan going to the Frozen Four, which hurts me to say that because I am the number two Michigan hater in the country. I, I really don't like the amount of publicity they get i would i would love to see them lose early and not make the trip to boston because it's just east coast bias there and owen power gets more more coverage than just about anybody in the nation and i just don't like to see it but i i I see it happening all right before we jump to the frozen four predictions here we're going to try to move kind of quickly i want to get your guys's quick opinion you guys each get 20 seconds we'll start with mr nick maxson out of We've made our predictions based yes. on our best available knowledge, but if you go knowledge, back, yeah. okay. but if you go back and you're looking for some chaos, <laughs> who do you think has the best potential um, to upset their seed heading into this? I don't think UMass. you can, I don't think you can count UMass. like North Dakota Notre Dame. So try to look for a bigger spread than that, if that makes I, sense. I said UMass. Thanks for listening. Uh... <laughs> when have I ever listened to you? I didn't That's even know true. you were allowed to talk. I know it's UMass. Honestly, I think as much as people give Michigan tech credit for getting to the dance and they're a good hockey team. I just don't think what the draw that they've gotten can get past the first round matchup. I think it's UMass that can make, make strides. They, they're the defending national champions. They know how to get to this point. And to me, they're the one that's primed to make a bracket busting move. And so to me, it's the U.S. Miniman. Myself and Caleb Peabody have Michigan Tech both advancing in that first game. Caleb, that's, that's great. Caleb, is that your biggest upset, or do you have another one that you think has a chance on the board? Harvard. Ooh, okay. I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. Yeah, nope. I knew it. Because because Caleb <laughs> is just like the Joker. He wants to watch the world burn. Yeah. That's just, I, I get it though. I, I came I came for his throat, so I understand. Ooh. <laughs> now I want to see Harvard win. <laughs> nothing a bad thing i understand why he picks the upset because i kind of you asked me a question and i already said michigan tech so trying to give you a good show right. at harvard i i'm actually a little bit there with you i'm gonna take a wild gander and say marissa maybe isn't marissa who's your upset you know Agree with me, please. This is a hard Make me look one. Good. Can I? Can I? Can I go back? If there is a team that will upset its seed potentially, I do think that Saint Cloud State will upset it. I still. I mean, that's the one space. in my eyes that I think that they're going to upset it. But at the same time, I think Quinnipiac's going to win. 
Yeah, because well, that, that makes sense. Make exactly, sense. exactly. <laughs> this, is the, this is why I had to do it to make you guys wonder, be like, what is going through her mind? Isn't this hey, a typical like girlfriend trick? Like, time. honey, I'm hungry. Yeah, sure, what do you want? I just want gummy worms. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's filling. Hey, Nick, it was your it was your idea to bring her on the show. Don't look at me. Um, <laughs> no, I think I think I put on when I initially said Quintiac <laughs> over St. Cloud. Listen to me. I think I had the blinders for St. Cloud on from last year, but um, they're a good hockey team, and I mean we we did we did lose to them this year. Um, so I do think a little bit might be hate going in my eyes, but. If there is a team, they're they, they're good in the tournament. Well, they've been proven that time and time again. Well, the good thing is we said twenty seconds, so that Mankato um, education came out strong there. Um, <laughs> You're welcome, <laughs> Max Veach. Can the Bulldogs in twenty seconds? Who's your Who's your pick? I feel like you got a good one. I don't know why, but I do. I, I believe it's the right one, and I, I agree with Nick again here. It is UMass. Not not only do My they have boy. the experience. But they're playing a home game here. Minnesota is going into Massachusetts, and UMass is playing in Massachusetts. There's going to be a million UMass fans there, and as many you know Minnesota fans as as diehard faithful as they claim to be, they packed the arena on the Big Ten championship game. Good for them. It was an awesome atmosphere for their maybe the second time all season. They're not <laughs> they're not going to have that out in Massachusetts. It's going to be the absolute opposite, and they're going to have to play in that. And I think that Massachusetts has the talent to upset them. As much as I don't want to see it, and I predicted the opposite in my rank, in my uh, my predictions for for this show, uh, I I think that Massachusetts does have that uh, in them. I know I want to say AIC badly, but obviously not. Uh, my upset, uh, good goaltending, Northeastern. I think Northeastern has a chance to uh, make mm-hmm. some nice plays, and uh, hey, mm-hmm. uh, on the on the top part of that too, Max Beach would be wrong, so why not? Um, <laughs> Speaking Tough of for Max, oh, that's cute. Speaking of Max, speaking of Max Beach, heading to the Frozen Four, we'll try to speed through this um, in what has already been a very lengthy opening part of the show. Quite obviously, <laughs> Max Max is the only one who has Michigan matching up with Duluth instead of Denver. That's, that's incorrect. I have UMD and Michigan too. Thanks. Wait, sorry. Hold on. Sorry, Michigan. Excuse me, Michigan. Oh, that's incorrect. Yeah, boy. Okay. All right. Learn how to read St. Claude State. Let's go. No, sorry. I, I apologize. I meant to start with Marissa. Marissa is the only one that has Quinnipiac playing. <laughs> I, I, I was looking, I was looking one, I was looking one down. So um, Michigan, uh, oh, man. Michigan playing Quinn, um, excuse me, Michigan playing Denver, Michigan playing Duluth, Michigan playing DU, Duluth. Correct. Yes. So Nick and Max, fine. Michigan, Duluth, whoever wants to start, doesn't matter to me. Go ahead, Nick. Sure. It's going to be the Bulldogs that upset Michigan in this matchup. It seriously is. If you only get on a roll, honestly, that you can't stop the train. You just can't. Um, to me, Michigan, there's a lot of youth. There's a lot of great talent in this roster. But to me, Owen Powers is a great defensive piece. But I worry about goaltending. I worry about defensive depth on this squad. And to me, UMD is primed to shut down the offensive abilities of Michigan. And that's why they make it to the NCAA championship game and send Michigan packing back to the UP for some much needed golf. So, no. Okay. It's UMD all the way. Okay. So, Nick, um, I don't know who took your spot and how much Max Beach has paid you tonight. Um, Literally. Exactly. Zero. But, but Max. 
have have an inkling as to who you might be picking here. Um, yeah, so Michigan and Duluth played once earlier this season. It was a one-off game, and Michigan ended up winning it. Um, it was a, a brutal game to watch, brutal game for me to be at. It was hard to watch. However, the but first period, the lead. The first period, UMD dominated. If you go back and watch that game, they had puck control. They were playing more physical. They had more opportunities. That's the game that they're going to be playing in the postseason. And that's the that's what I think is going to make the difference and win. Once Noah Cates was out of that game for an, an atrocious call, I'll, I'll bring up the refs again here, as I tend to do, uh, I think that him being in the game would have made it completely different. And we're going to see that in, in this matchup here. Duluth makes it to the championship game. They've been in the Frozen Four every year that it's occurred since 2017. Three championship games, two championships won. They're, they're going back to the game. All right, myself and Marissa Voss both have Michigan and Denver matching up to go to the championship game. Uh, Marissa, I'm going to be honest. I think that the Wolverines pull it out, get the job done, and earn another crack at a national championship title uh, since, I believe, the first time since 2011 when they lost in overtime to Duluth, actually. Um, Marissa, uh, who comes out of that to make the championship game? Yeah, Michigan does. Um, Just... Everything you guys said about Denver is absolutely spot on. I mean, they're going to come out of – I'm sorry about your puppies, but they're going to come out of it. <laughs> and But I do think that Michigan is the better team and the better matchup. All right. Denver has made Caleb Peabody's bracket, but St. Cloud State is the opponent that the Pioneers yeah. will get. Uh, for the record, St. Cloud State was swept in Denver earlier this season. Does it happen again, or do the Huskies find a way no. to their second national oh. championship in as many years? We had no Sam, no Nick, no Brett. No one wants to talk about that. St. Cloud State will face Denver. St. Cloud State will beat Denver. Not even going to say anything else about it. Uh, Minnesota, Minnesota State. We could probably just flip a coin. Uh, you know, I, do I want to follow my bracket? Marissa's been very mean. My only friend on this call right now has been Noah. Everyone else has been against me. Oh, shut up. I picked I picked Minnesota State. It's a and should. I guess they'll beat the Gophers. And so they will match up with St. Cloud State. Huh. What a dream matchup. I wonder what my pick was going to be when Gross. it comes down to that. Let me think on it for a minute. Yeah. Give, give it some time, Caleb. You are not the only one. Everyone except for Max Beach actually has Minnesota and Mankato to try to go to a national Minnesota team. State, thanks. Okay. Um, <laughs> it's I don't even... different. Thank you. Okay. Uh, I have Mankato advancing to the national championship game. Uh, Nick has Mankato advancing to the national championship game. Marissa, I would love to hear your opinion. Gosh, yeah, I wonder so what's going to be. This is so tough because I don't know. I just is it. Know. Yeah. No, it's not. My team is the best. My team has been number one consecutively, I think, eight. Until this week. Eight times in a row now. Not according to the pairwise. Number one in the nation. We've got the biggest record right now. I think 35 first and the 35 wins. So, um, most consecutive record. overtime goals, too. Yeah. All right. Marissa Voss with Mankato. Can I say Next. something. I'm just glad they're not playing St. Thomas because they'd struggle. Oh, <laughs> or St. Cloud State for that matter, by the way. Um, interested to hear Caleb Peabody's answer. But Max, you have Western Michigan and 
um, the Mavericks matching up. Who comes out of that one? As much as I want to say it's going to be an all NCHC playoff game for the championship, uh, I do have Minnesota State moving on. Uh, I know it was a tough decision for me to make for that reason, but the fact that we've got five people in agreement on a panel that's filling something out means it's going to be wrong. So I'm going to complete it just <laughs> yeah. for that curse. So we have three different championship game scenarios to close out the regular portion of the show. We'll start with Easton Brodzinski's number one fan and Mr. Nick Maxson here, who both have Duluth and um, the Mavericks matching up in the national championship game. Max, we'll stick with you. Uh, who do you have winning this one? I probably have an inkling. <laughs> uh, as much of a homer as it's going to sound, I'm picking Duluth. Big-time players make big-time plays in big-time situations, and that's all that the Bulldogs do. They might sleepwalk through the regular season. Yeah, and, you know, it's, it's, it's just a fun atmosphere. In Duluth, we like to have fun. Hockey's fun. Playoffs are fun. This is fun. We're having fun. We're having fun. <laughs> Nick Maxson. Let me laugh. <laughs> Nick Maxson sometimes looks like he's having the opposite of fun because he is the antithesis of me, as he likes to say. Um, Nick, will you be the, the antithesis of Max The national championship games is, is the Mankato Mavericks versus UMD Bulldogs, and it is the pride of Southern Minnesota raising their first ever national championship banner. It is Mankato that will win this matchup. Um, because of the death, because of their goaltending. I'm sorry. It's, it's so tough. It's so tough because Ryan Fanny uh, and Dryden McKay are going to both carry the squad to this point. But I do feel like uh, this Mankato's team is just too deep. It's just it's way too potent offensively. And I do think you're going to see another national championship trophy in Minnesota. But unfortunately, south of the Twin Cities, it's going to be Mankato winning their first ever national championship game. I also agree as well, too. Mankato will get the victory, except they're going to beat the Michigan Wolverines in the national championship game. Uh, moving moving on to uh, Marissa Voss, who also has the Wolverines matching up uh, pretty easy, probably, who's going to be coming out of this one, yeah? Yeah, I mean, obviously, we lost to Michigan 3-2 earlier on October 16th, um, but we're better right now. We're just playing amazing hockey, and it's kind of hard when you're like we're you can put anyone in the lineup our healthy scratches anyone and they're ready to go i mean we've been playing will hillman who played lssu and all of a sudden now he's playing in this third game or fourth game in a row he's he's doing fantastic and before that you've been like huh so yes the mavericks are going to raise the banner i hopefully get a ring fingers crossed <laughs> and um it's going to be great. It's going to be great. Who's, who's the lucky gonna, guy? I'm going to be having a good <laughs> oh, time at Boston. So you said you could put anyone in the lineup. Does that mean you're going to sit Dryden in the championship game? No, absolutely not. Depends <laughs> if he wins the Richter or not. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, He's going to. So. Uh, he's gonna, uh, yeah. uh, Ryan Fanti. He's got a chance. Ryan Fanti. He's got a chance. Fanti is going to win the Richter. Well, he's it won't do it. Well, it won't be anyone from North Dakota. That's the important thing. But speaking of healthy scratches, our favorite healthy scratch, our final matchup, Mankato, St. Cloud State, a rematch from one of the first matchups of the season. Who takes it, Caleb? Marissa, this is just for you and I right now. Okay. <laughs> okay. So um, this is tough. I've sent you a gift over and over and over. Uh, so you that know what happened last year. Yes. Uh, this one wasn't hard for me. I am picking St. Cloud State to win the national championship. We Shocker. will be bringing it back to St. Cloud. However, 
if Minnesota State somehow gets a lucky bounce, which they're not great with in front of the redirects in front of the net, but I digress. I will come to Mankato next year. I'll watch you raise the banner. I will sit my Coors Light or whatever you sell in the arena. I will cry. And it'll be sad. But that's probably not going to happen. St. Cloud State's going to win probably by two goals. Dryden won't have a shutout. Although I do think Dryden gets at least one shutout in this tournament somewhere. I meant to call that out. He will not win the Richter. Ron Franti will. That's my prediction. Here's here's the thing, Caleb. If the Huskies do make it to another national championship game and for some reason do not get the victory, you have to one-up the Waffle Fry Kid from last year, though. You have to if oh, you're there. Oh, the Waffle Fry Kid, that was me last year. <laughs> uh, over, that game was over very quickly. Yeah. So, well, one crossbar that. away from it, obviously, having a chance. We're waiting on Mr. Nick Maxson to return, but w- until we do, we will head on over to our Extra Ice session where we're going to briefly discuss some trade deadline news around the National Hockey mm-hmm. League. And welcome into the Extra Ice session here on the Huskies Warming House podcast. Noah Grant here. I'm actually by myself, and uh, the reason being, part of the reason why the show is coming out a little bit later than usual is we had some audio issues that we were trying to work through in the Extra Ice session that didn't crop up in the regular portion of the show. So unfortunately, uh, it really wasn't that salvageable uh, for the discussion between um, myself, Caleb J.P. Body, Marissa Voss, Max Veach, and of course, Nick Maxson. So um, I'm going to come back here. I do still want to talk about some trade deadline things. It is uh, currently Tuesday um, on this March 22nd. I actually had a nursing clinical this morning, so I apologize for us also the extended time in getting a chance to relay this information. It's about 1.30 here in the afternoon. So NHL trade deadline, a lot of things to obviously look forward to. I kind of figured that the trade deadline we could say it started about march 14th about a week ago uh and change and i would say since that time 48 total trades in the national hockey league from march 14th to march 21st which of course was the end of the trade deadline the first trade of that trade deadline coming back on the 14th of march colorado avalanche acquiring defenseman josh manson from anaheim in exchange for drew hellison and a second round pick in the 2023 draft and the final final trade of this year's trade deadline here in the National Hockey League actually came back to uh, Tampa Bay. It was actually the Victor Rask deal for quite a while, but it's actually Tampa Bay Lightning acquiring goaltender Alexei Melnitschik from the San Jose Sharks in exchange for Antoine Moran. That was the last one that is listed under the NHL trade tracker. The last big one that was actually kind of listed, though, um, was Max Domi being acquired by the Carolina Hurricanes. Kind of a sneaky little pickup by the Canes. I know Max Domi has kind of had a down year, but... Honestly, his offensive ceiling is so high and, um, you know, he's never going to be a defensive stalwart, but maybe he can be a little bit insulated in Carolina and be a guy that you put, you know, maybe on the power play on the second unit or, you know, pair with a couple of defensive forwards and let him go to work on the offensive side. So um, a decent little pickup for Carolina. um, And they didn't really give up a whole lot, to be honest with you, a couple of uh, a couple of prospects. um, and a potential draft pick as well. So um, the Florida Panthers were also kind of involved in this one and kind of a three-way deal. But like we mentioned, the Minnesota Wild uh, involved in six trades here. Let's start with those before we get to some of the other big ones around the National Hockey League. In Minnesota kind of running down their timeline, so to speak, uh, about 
about half a week ago, something like that, acquiring forward Tyson Jost from the Colorado Avalanche in exchange for forward Nico Sturm. So this was a move that was kind of designed uh, to essentially have a low cap hit, which I think was actually offered uh, about the same value to Nico Sturm. Nico Sturm turned it down, thinking he was probably going to get more money as he's in the last year of his deal. And the Wild get a stopgap fourth-line centerman um, that will be with them for at least one more year while they are in cap hell. Uh, next, uh, Nick Laurier, who scored last night uh, in the game against the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, he came over for the Anaheim Ducks in exchange for a third rounder um, in next year's draft. So uh, kind of a, a real gritty sandpaper type guy. And I know that there's been a, a lot of humor on Twitter about this particular uh, trade. But, I mean, he scored within the first couple of shifts uh, in his new Minnesota Wild sweater. And, uh, you know, he does bring some physicality. Maybe alleviates a little bit of that from Marcus Foligno. I know there's been humor about that, but it's actually not totally uh, far off uh, to be honest with you so um wild picking him up and then uh jack mcbain moving from the minnesota wild in exchange for a second round pick in the 2022 nhl draft coming back from arizona so jack mcbain wanting to uh play uh from one college ring to another <laughs> as people have humorously kind of mentioned i uh, thought that his role was essentially where joel uh yule erickson Eck is playing right now um and believe that he would slot right in the lineup and then didn't believe that he could crack the death chart unfortunately for minnesota ha- having a pretty good year out east uh for bc but um yeah he's an arizona coyote player now and the wild have bid him adieu and honestly i don't blame gm bill garen it's kind of the same as the brennan Manel situation where you know what if a guy isn't willing to work hard and willing to be here um you know, he's not going to get that chance. I think an example of someone who did earn their stripes was Nico Sturm. Fortunately, was just traded, like we mentioned. But, you know, there's an example of a guy who came in undrafted from Clarkson in the Hobie Baker conversation um, and really earned his stripes and now is playing for, um, let's be honest, one of the best teams in the National Hockey League in Colorado. So, um Jack McBain to Arizona for a second rounder coming back in this year's NHL entry draft. A uh, couple of uh, other moves. Let's start with the smaller one here at the end. Seattle Kraken acquiring forward Victor Rask from the Wild in exchange for future considerations. Can imagine future considerations is going to have one heck of a career for the Minnesota Wild. Fifty uh, percent salary retained by the Wild in this deal. Finally. Minnesota, a couple of goaltending moves, the big ones here. Uh, the smaller fish here, uh, Capo Kakinen, uh, was sent along with a fifth-round pick in this year's NHL entry draft from Minnesota in exchange for defenseman Jacob Middleton of the San Jose Sharks. Jacob Middleton playing some pretty big, heavy minutes alongside Eric Carlson for the Sharks this season. And uh, a pretty nice little addition, even if he ends up just being a third-pairing guy. Still has RFA status, so uh, really a low-risk, high-reward acquisition you wonder if Capo Kakinen is going to find some consistency in this game. I wish him all the best of luck in San Jose. Seems like Minnesota goaltenders like to travel out there after their time, uh, after their time uh, in the green and wheat sweater. And uh, kind of interesting, uh, Alex Stalock actually reaching out to GM Bill Guerin and talking about how great of a guy Jacob Middleton is and what a hard competitor he is. So good little acquisition for the Wild. It was actually a guy that was kind of linked to the Toronto Maple Leafs for a little bit, but Minnesota nabbing him first. And also another guy, um, that was maybe rumored around the Leafs, but not really. More for the Minnesota Wild, the big one. Goaltender Marc-Andre Fleury coming from the Chicago Blackhawks in exchange for a conditional first-round pick in the 2022 NHL draft that 
will only become a first round pick if Mark Andre Fleury plays in at least four playoff games that he wins and the Wild get to the conference finals. Otherwise, it is a second rounder in this year's potential draft. And as you know, Minnesota, a bit of a slight surplus in second rounders before the trade deadline here. So some nice little moves by GM Belgarin. But Mark Andre Fleury, definitely a future Hall of Famer, uh, multi Stanley Cup champion, um, uh, comedic prankster in the locker room uh, and just an all-around great guy what an addition to have a big name brand guy um in minnesota and the wild did not give up a whole lot for this to be totally honest with you so um good on gm bill garen i mean i the capo kakinen thing i would like to see him get a little bit more of a shot but other than that um i gotta be honest uh i would say the general manager uh, a minus for sure on this trade deadline definitely swinging swinging well but not swinging for the fences a very calm and controlled trade deadline uh no first rounders no martin hansels nothing like that um and no paul fenton dumpster fires so to speak so um good on the minnesota wild we'll have to see if they can carry the success hopefully in the playoffs a good three to nothing win against the Vegas school of the knights uh the other day other trades to kind of talk about here, uh, one of the smaller ones, Calgary Flames acquiring for Kelly Yarncroft from the Kraken um, in exchange for a second-round pick. This was a nice little pickup for Calgary. I think that they finally got their third-line center that they were looking for. Uh, speaking of former Flames players, the Toronto Maple Leafs getting Kraken player Mark Giordano and forward Colin Blackwell for a second-round pick in this year's draft, a second in the 2023 draft, and a third-rounder in the 2024 draft. So does this make Toronto deeper? I don't know. Um, it's not a horrible pickup, you know, for Toronto. Um, you know, it definitely solidifies their top four on the back end a little bit. But uh, with that being said, um, Toronto's Toronto. Uh, are they destined for another first round exit? I'm not particularly sure. Um, kind of seems that way. But uh, maybe this is the year they finally get over the hump and maybe having a veteran experienced guy like Mark Giordano, who doesn't have a ton of playoff success, um, but definitely has a lot of uh, veteran leadership, like I just mentioned. Um Moving over the Florida Panthers, uh, they were busy. Uh, let's just put it that way. The big one, Claude Giroux, uh, Connor Bunneman, and German Rebstuff, and a fifth rounder in the 2024 draft heading over from Philadelphia for forward Owen Tippett, a first-round pick in 2024 or 2025, and a third rounder in next year's draft. Um, you know, so uh, Philadelphia kind of kind of building for the future. Actually got a pretty decent little return, but it's kind of going to be hit or miss on Owen Tippett. He definitely has one heck of a release. He's a good offensive player, but never has really kind of been able to put it uh, quite together consistently and has kind of been in sheltered minutes uh, out there in Florida. So will he find a better role in Philadelphia? We'll have to see. But I think for a guy that was definitely on his way out in Claude Giroux, who has spent basically almost a thousand games as a Philadelphia flyer, um, you know, Owen Tippett and a first rounder and a third rounder is not a bad return for what is uh, right now a rental, at least for uh, the Florida Panthers, Florida also picking up Ben Sherratt, a little bit of an overpay um, for him, but geez, Panthers, scary hockey team easily could win a Stanley cup this year. So we'll have to see um, where that takes them. Uh, speaking of, uh, teams in Florida, the Tampa Bay lightning acquiring forward Brandon Hagel. This one was a, a little bit earlier on in the trade deadline and a fourth round pick in this year's draft and a fourth rounder in 2024 from Chicago, Chicago got, um, Boris Kachuk, uh, Taylor Radish and two conditional first rounders, um, in this deal as well. So, uh, Chicago believing that by the time they're going to be building for the future, Brandon Hagel is going to be owed big money if he continues to play. Uh, how he does. So they picked up a couple of prospects and a couple of picks they can maybe do something with. Another side of the Tampa Bay Lightning got their uh, Blake Coleman, Barkley, Goodrow 2.0, if you will, that has kind of led them uh, on the past Stanley Cup runs. Um, 
have to see if he can produce in Tampa Bay. I think this is a good move for both sides. Uh, Tampa Bay, um, you know, they got what they needed uh, in maybe what is maybe their last shot with this window with the, their current cap constraints. Uh, and Chicago, unfortunately, has been a dumpster fire this year, uh, selling out Marc-Andre Fleury as well as Brandon Hagel. So we'll have to see if this return does build them for the future. They got a lot of work to do in the Windy City. Um out east, the Boston Bruins acquiring defenseman Hampus Lindholm and then promptly signing him to an eight-year deal from Anaheim in exchange for defenseman John Moore and Euro Vakaninen and three NHL draft picks. So the Bruins uh, adding some back-end depth. I don't know that this is necessarily what Boston needed, um, but they got their guy. I mean, they went for one guy and they went for it, uh, <laughs> quite obviously. Um yeah, Hampus Lindholm has kind of been an interesting character uh, in his time in Anaheim. Has never been the most flashy of players on the back end, um, but, but unless you're Charlie McAvoy or maybe Tory Krug when he was still uh, with the club, nobody really has been a flashy pe player. It has been a blue-collar, hard-nosed defensive group in Hampus Lindholm. Um, I think he's a fine addition. Um, Eight-year contract, I mean, they they clearly have invested in his future. Um, we'll have to see how that pays out. Uh I probably would have liked to maybe seen, you know, his performance a little bit and evaluate that before I, I throw that extension out there. But the Bruins, uh, you know, definitely will not hurt their defensive core in the end there. Speaking of uh, out east, the Washington Capitals acquiring former Minnesota Wild forward and now Seattle Kraken forward Marcus Johansson uh, for forward Daniel Sprong, a fourth rounder in the 2022 NHL draft and a sixth rounder in the 2023 NHL draft. Daniel Sprong maybe going to get better minutes in Seattle. You know, definitely has the tools and the toolkit, but has not been able to put it all together. Marcus Johansson having a sneaky good season as well for the Seattle Kraken, especially how badly. Um, Seattle has kind of struggled in that Pacific division. Uh, so the Capitals reuniting with the former uh, Caps forward and also adding former Minnesota Wild draft pick and current Arizona Coyote, Johan Larson, who uh, actually had a pretty decent season, but has only played in 25 games and really, um, really hasn't played, I believe, since January, if I'm not mistaken. So um, you know, Washington kind of tucking that one in the back pocket and seeing if he can become healthy as they move forward. A couple more to talk about here. The Colorado Avalanche got a little bit grittier with a little bit of production. Arturi Lekkanen up for the Montreal Canadiens over to the Avs in exchange for Justin Barron and a second rounder in 2024. Um, I like this move by Colorado. I know a lot of people you know, were kind of, kind of all about the, uh, where was the big splash that Colorado was looking for? Did they need one? I mean, they're a highly potent hockey team, and I think having a guy that, you know, is kind of a utility player that can produce, he's got 29 points in the season, um, and he's able to uh, essentially uh, put a little bit of sandpaper in that lineup that has predominantly been a top-heavy uh, forward group for many years. Um, I think he's a fantastic addition, and Carl did not give up much. So uh, Joe Sackick, I credit him on this one. I mean, I don't know that Colorado won in the trade deadline, but I don't think they lost with this deal, to be honest with you. Uh, Pittsburgh Penguins, uh, Ricard Raquel heading uh, out uh, to the Steel City from Anaheim in exchange for Zach Aston Reese and Dominic Simon, the rights to goaltender Callie Klang, and a second rounder in this year's entry draft. Um, pretty good little haul by Anaheim. I got to be honest with you. I mean, Ricard Raquel is a heck of a pickup for Pittsburgh. We'll get to that in a second. But Zach Aston Reese is a good little depth player. Uh, Dominic Simon continues to develop his game. Don't know anything about the goaltender, I'll be honest with you, but a second rounder certainly doesn't hurt. Um, that's a lot of haul for a guy like Ricard Raquel, to be honest with you. Um, 
Anaheim definitely building towards the future. They're not quite there yet, but they believe that they're trying to put the pieces in place to get there. And Pittsburgh, I mean, Raquel could be right alongside of getting Malkin or Sidney Crosby. I mean, that's a dangerous combination. And somehow the Penguins continue to stay relevant and continue to stay in the playoff hunt. Uh, we'll have to see if they can turn some more playoff success. Uh, they haven't had much of that in recent memory, but we'll have to see um, see how that shakes out. I'm taking a look uh, down uh, – some of the some of the other trades, the Flames also got Ryan Carpenter from Chicago for a fifth round draft pick. Um, that was kind of a small one. Carpenter not really producing a whole lot this year. Tyler Mott heading from Vancouver to New York um, in exchange for a fourth rounder. The Dallas Stars, Vladislav Nemestikov heading there from Detroit in exchange for a fourth rounder. So Dallas trying to add a little bit of a boost here as well. Derek Broussard is headed to Edmonton from Philadelphia. Zach Sanford is headed to the Winnipeg Jets. Um, Mason Appleton, by the way, also reuniting with the Jets after being uh, in Seattle. Seattle liking to uh, trade players back to their original teams. Kind of an interesting little thing. Uh, the Oilers also acquired defenseman Brett Kulak from Montreal as well. Um, Andrew Kopp also heading to the New York Rangers, uh, as well as the sixth rounder from the Jets uh, in exchange for uh, some conditional second round picks in this year and next year's draft. Andrew Kopp is a very good penalty killer, a very good depth centerman and depth forward. Um, and the Rangers, uh, they're an intriguing case, I think, in the East. Obviously, the East is much more set in terms of the way that their standings in their lineup card uh, have been um, uh, in terms of that. But uh, I don't know. The Rangers are on the up and up. I think I, I would definitely put it that way. Tampa Bay, uh, we forgot to mention, also acquired forward Riley Nash as well. And Colorado also got uh, the veteran Andrew Cogliano, who had that long Ironman streak until it was snapped by suspension a couple of years ago. Of course, uh, just uh, just broken um, by Keith Yandel, that Ironman streak uh, earlier this season. Uh, Andrew Hammond, former Minnesota Wild netminder, went to Montreal, now is in New Jersey as well. Um, Nick Letty, uh, for Minnesota wild draft pick and Luke Witowski, uh, heading to St. Louis from Detroit, uh, uh, Oscar Sundquist going back in that deal to Detroit. So Detroit, again, building for the future. Stevie Eisenman definitely has a plan in place here. It's been a long winded plan. I think that's easy to say, but, uh, um, uh, he, he's trying to work his magic here. The Rangers also acquired Justin Braun, 35-year-old defenseman from Philadelphia for a third rounder in next year's draft. I think Justin Braun adds a little bit of depth and veteran experience into that group. Again, I think the Rangers are a very intriguing, intriguing case. I was also intrigued that uh, National Predators, they got Alex Biega from Toronto. But other than that, uh, they also got Lazon, uh, Jeremy Lazon um, from, uh, I believe it's Seattle, if I'm not mistaken. Um is it Jeremy Lazon? Apologies if I'm getting that wrong, but the reason I'm struggling to remember is the Nashville Predators were very unmemorable uh, in this year's NHL uh, trade deadline. And I think if you're a Minnesota Wild fan, you're all right with that, uh, I suppose, to be honest with you. Um, kind of going through the list here, trying to see if anything else really stands out. Nathan Beaulieu went to Pittsburgh as well from Winnipeg. Winnipeg uh, kind of selling quite a bit at the deadline here, something that we haven't seen uh, in quite a few years. Travis Dermott heading from the Toronto Maple Leafs to Vancouver um, for a third rounder in this year's draft. Uh, it's an okay little pickup for Vancouver. Travis Dermott never really became the guy that I think Toronto wanted them to be. Um, former Canucks defenseman and now uh, Detroit Red Wings defenseman Troy Stetcher is headed to Los Angeles for a seventh round pick this season. Troy Stetcher um, has carved himself out a little decent career former university of north dakota product robert Hegg heading to florida as well too bolstering that defensive death from the buffalo sabers um other than that i don't know that i see anything that um 
really stands out. Frank Petrano left uh, Florida to go to the New York Rangers. That was a bit of an early one. And yeah, other than that, uh, the last trade was actually San Jose getting Alex Stalock from the Edmonton Oilers back on March 2nd. So that will kind of do it for the trade deadline here. A lot of things to look forward to, quite obviously. Uh, hopefully this show is coming out uh, on Tuesday afternoon. We apologize again for the audio issues and uh, taking the time taking the time to get that um, squared away, but we want to make sure that we do things right. And speaking of doing things right, we have some Minnesota wild hockey. We also have, of course, some St. Cloud state hockey women's team is done. Men's team plays Friday night. They had the late game on Friday night against Quinnipiac. I believe it's eight o'clock central time, seven o'clock central, if I'm not mistaken on the bracket. In fact, I have it right here. So maybe I should just look at it. That would be helpful. Um, yes, 8 p.m. Central Time. That one's going to be on ESPN News. Uh, Quinnipiac is 31-6-3. St. Cloud is 18-14-4. Winner will get the winner of number one Michigan and number 16 American International in Allentown, Pennsylvania. To get the winner of Denver, UMass, Duluth, and Michigan Tech to try to clinch a national championship game attendance. The Huskies looking for their second national championship game appearance in as many years the minnesota wild what do they have going on right now well they don't play until thursday they're still in the middle of that nine game homestand they played four contests already they've got vancouver at seven o'clock on thursday columbus at seven o'clock on saturday and then colorado at 5 p.m on sunday before finishing out that homestand at seven o'clock both times on tuesday and the following thursday against philadelphia and pittsburgh before traveling to carolina and then uh they have a four game uh, road swing starting in Carolina uh, that particular uh, time. So college hockey world getting down to the wire, NHL hockey approaching the playoffs. And of course the Huskies warming house podcast continues to roll for myself, Nick Maxson, Caleb J Peabody, Marissa Voss, and Max Veach. We thank you so much for listening to the show and we hope to see you all back for episode number 105. Timer coming, they score! Ripped in! A bomb from Perrix! No, Dana Rasmussen fires and she scores! Dana Rasmussen for the Huskies. Dwayne Kaprizov in for a chance to win it! He scores! Kirill the thrill is for real! Welcome to the NHL! Cathedral is now 42.6 seconds away from wrapping up the school's first ever title.